PTJ podcasts are made possible by the American Physical Therapy Association. This podcast is sponsored by Eclipse. Eclipse has helped physical therapists streamline their practices since 1985. Eclipse is a comprehensive all-in-one system that handles your billing, scheduling, and clinical documentation. Find out more at www.ineedeclipse.com or call 1-800-966-1462. My first reaction to this study was one of excitement, just mainly because as a lobbyist, I rarely get excited about research, but this one was really something that is a need for us in explaining what we do in the Medicare program. What we want is the highest quality at the lowest possible cost. Our utilization numbers in terms of number of visits are lower than other reports in the literature. Welcome to this PTJ discussion podcast based on the PTJ article, Utilization and Clinical Outcomes of Outpatient Physical Therapy for Medicare Beneficiaries with Musculoskeletal Conditions. Co-authors Dr. Julie Fritz and Stephen Hunter discuss the implications of their study with Dr. Justin Moore, APTA Vice President of Government and Payment Advocacy. And now, our moderator, PTJ Deputy Editor-in-Chief, Dr. Daniel Riddle. Welcome to this PTJ discussion podcast entitled Outpatient Physical Therapy Utilization and Outcomes for Medicare Beneficiaries, Implications for the Profession. My name is Dan Riddle, and I will be moderating this discussion today. The March 2011 issue of Physical Therapy contains a very important paper entitled Utilization and Clinical Outcomes of Outpatient Physical Therapy for Medicare Beneficiaries with Musculoskeletal Conditions. This paper was written by a group of authors, including Dr. Julie Fritz and Mr. Stephen Hunter, who are both joining us today for this podcast. The paper reports on an observational longitudinal study designed in part to describe characteristics, outcomes, and utilization of a large group of Medicare beneficiaries receiving physical therapy in an integrated healthcare system in Utah. Implications of this paper are incredibly important for practice. We've seen many changes to CMS policies over the recent past. This paper sheds light on some of the consequences of these changes, at least in regards to the healthcare system that was studied, and serves as an excellent model for systematic data collection on these types of patients. We're very excited to have three experts on the topic to discuss this issue. We have with us Dr. Julie Fritz, primary author of the paper, to discuss the issue. Julie is a clinical outcomes research scientist with Intermountain Healthcare and an associate professor in the Department of Physical Therapy at the University of Utah. Hi, Dan. Uh, Thanks for hosting us. I think this is an important paper to discuss. We also have with us today Mr. Stephen Hunter, second author of the paper. Thanks, Dan. Besides being a practicing physical therapist, I also manage clinics, and so I hope to bring the perspective of the rank-and-file therapist as well as the managerial role. Stephen is a practicing physical therapist and administrator for Intermountain Healthcare and is responsible for the care provided at 10 outpatient orthopedic clinics in the Salt Lake City area. We also have Dr. Justin Moore with us. Dr. Moore is APTA's Vice President of Government and Payment Advocacy. In this role, Dr. Moore provides leadership and strategy guidance for the association's public policy agenda, political activities, and payment initiatives to advance physical therapy practice, payment, education, and research. Dr. Moore has led APTA's effort to interpret and to positively impact CMS policy. Thanks, Dan. I look forward to today's conversation. First, I'm going to ask Julie and Stephen to just take a couple minutes to summarize their paper for us and discuss briefly the basic tenets of your approach in examining outcomes and utilization in your study. Julie. Thanks, Dan. 
I'll let Stephen talk a little bit about the genesis of where this particular investigation came from, but it's a general approach to care that we have at Intermountain Healthcare that evaluates the outcomes of our care as an ongoing goal of ours, and it allows us the opportunity to be able to address some questions using the data that we've collected. So it allows us to do a study like we've published here and provide some information that hopefully has relevance for the profession as a whole. Thank you, Julie. Stephen. Thanks, Dan. I think where this came from is I was on a conference call with several other therapists across the country looking at alternatives to the therapy cap, and the question came up, what is the average utilization in physical therapy for certain diagnoses, and how do our patients do? And there was this blank silence on the phone, and no one really said much. And I thought to myself, we have a data set that we can gather that information. We can look at specifically Medicare patients. And so I called Julie and we put together some information for some abstracts. And then Julie took the lead to write up the information and submit to the PT Journal. Thank you. Justin, some comments. My first reaction to this study was one of excitement, just mainly because as a lobbyist, I rarely get excited about research, but this one was really something that is a need for us in explaining what we do in the Medicare program. I think over history, physical therapists have done a great job explaining who we are, but what we do and what that means for the patient has always been something that the Medicare program and other policymakers have really struggled with. So. This research will really help arm us for some of those advocacy debates and some of the policies that determine what is appropriate healthcare delivery and physical therapy. So this study really gives us another tool to help try to get appropriate policies for physical therapy services and interventions. Thank you, Justin. And the first thing that pops to my mind after hearing your comment, Justin, is the fact that you're dealing with policymakers all the time. Can you give us some insights into what policymakers want to know about physical therapy services and the kinds of questions you most frequently hear? Yeah, the critical question that policymakers are really trying to find is the value question. And it's really for a dollar invested in healthcare services, what type of results should we expect and what type of results can we look to achieve? We've seen this through the healthcare reform debate. We've seen this as Medicare has issued policies. And this study was great for us in trying to explain the value of physical therapy. It looked at the variables of utilization or cost and clinical outcomes or quality. And most policymakers, that's the key framework they look at. That value is quality over cost. And how do we begin to discover where we're getting value in healthcare? Julie and Stephen, can you talk a little bit about how you decided to account for costs by measuring utilization, and did you consider including direct costs in your study? Well, first of all, to Justin's point, it's certainly a continuing frustration, I think, for us on the clinical delivery side when regulatory statutes come down that seem strictly focused on utilization without any attention to clinical information, including outcomes. And while it's frustrating, it's also, from CMS's standpoint, perhaps somewhat understandable in that that's generally the only information they have available to them is just utilization and expenditures. So that's part of our motivation to try to provide some clinical information to go along with those utilization data so that hopefully decisions can be made with a little bit more broad perspective and informed viewpoint. With respect to what we did specifically in this study, it's desirable for us to be able to incorporate costs from the healthcare system in general. It's a bit of a challenge from a data collection standpoint and being able to coordinate our different electronic data sources. 
But that's certainly a goal of ours in the future is to look at the cost consequences beyond the physical therapy episode of care because that's really where the potential to show value is probably the most evident. You know, the value concept was definitely in our minds as we looked at the outcome. And this value is not just something that policyholders look at, but this is something that patients also look at with the high cost that they have with copays and deductibles. We want to make the value there for them also. You know, just to echo Julie's thoughts, she said that policymakers right now are making decisions based on one variable, and that is utilization. And the key element of that is utilization of physical therapists is growing, so they put in policies to try to damper that growth. And the real question is, why is that growing? Is it appropriate utilization or is it inappropriate utilization? And we need to start looking at other variables besides utilization. And this study does that by linking that to quality. Thank you, Justin. You know, this study certainly brings several strengths to the table, and one of which is this sort of culture that Intermountain Healthcare has developed of a standardized approach to collecting outcome data. And Justin, I'm wondering if you might want to talk a little bit about Medicare's policies regarding routine collection of this type of data and where CMS is in that regard at this point. Yeah, CMS, and a lot of this has actually been one of the positives of the therapy cap from 1997 is Medicare over the last decade has authored studies that really comb through the data to tell us what's going on in utilization of therapy services, or PT, OT, and speech-language pathology. Before 97, we didn't have a good idea of what was going on. So the work that Medicare has done has at least started putting some information on the table. That information now needs to be further mined to start linking it to the value equation and how do a certain investment of cost or a certain level of utilization really link to patient outcomes and quality. So Medicare has continued that work over the last decade with the goal of trying to find a more accurate and appropriate payment system for physical therapist services. And they link that to trying to find an alternative to the therapy cap. And that's really what the end goal is, is to find a way to pay providers for delivering high-quality care in an efficient manner. And so Medicare continues to move in that direction to try to find a viable alternative to arbitrary policy such as the therapy cap or, more recently, the multiple procedural payment reduction. Right. And has Medicare come any closer to making policy decisions regarding the types of measures they're going to require to measure quality? Not at this point. What we're seeing mainly from their movement toward quality is process-level measures and starting that movement toward outcomes. And they believe that establishing those process measures is the first step, but the ultimate goal is to find the appropriate outcome measures. The key thing that they're working on right now is to try to identify the patient assessment instruments or the measurement tools that they will be utilizing in delivering outcomes. And this study is helpful in that type of work because they did look at specific measurement tools of how we can measure outcome for certain musculoskeletal diagnoses. And so this work will be essential for us as we work with policymakers on the quality front in defining what are appropriate measures for physical therapists. Thank you, Justin. Julie or Stephen, any comments? Yeah, this is Steve. Just to make a good point about the quality measures, and the measures that we selected have been previously published by others, and we looked for measures that would be, one, easy for the patient to fill out, 
two, not take very much time for the patient to fill out, and then three, that we could enter into a database without much time from our staff. And so these five tools that we've used have actually worked pretty good in meeting those goals where it's not been burdensome in terms of the time of collecting and entering the outcomes. I'd like to follow up now with a question that has to do with one of the more specific findings that you reported in your paper. You reported that, at least for some types of problems, higher utilization was associated with better clinical outcomes. This is a fairly new finding, at least based on my reading of the literature in this area, and I wonder if you might talk more about what that finding was and why it might be considered somewhat controversial. Stephen or Julie? This is Julie. I can start us off. I agree with you that in my reading of the literature in terms of general relationships between outcomes and utilization, the trend has been to have somewhat of an inverse relationship that lower utilization tends to be associated with better outcomes and higher quality. In fact, we've reported some data that's basically supported that relationship previously in different age groups of patients. So I was a bit surprised as well. We've talked a fair bit about why that might be, and I'll actually hand it over to Stephen to kind of address some of the conversations we've had on how we interpret that finding. Thanks, Julie. I would agree that this was an unexpected finding. I think it's difficult for therapists to know when to stop treatment, both if the patient is improving to know, okay, when do I stop or when is the patient going to plateau? But even maybe more difficult is when the patient is not improving. I mean, I think we all as therapists think, if I just try one more thing, if I just try something else, well, the problem with that approach is it's rarely effective. So we increase this utilization with the idea that we're going to either get them better or we're going to try something to try and get them better. And what happens is they don't get better or they've plateaued and they're not going to get any more better. And so we just drive up the visits without really improving the patient outcome. And I think that one of the reasons this finding was found with our group could be, and again, this was just an observational study, so we're just, you know, taking some shots at this. We can't really prove this from the study, but we had put a lot of time into training our therapists, particularly in the area of low back pain, where I think the evidence is the strongest on how to classify patients and how to direct treatment to specific groups of patients. When this happens, what happens is utilization decreases because you don't focus on those treatments that are not going to help the patient. And so, one, you use less treatments, and two, the patient gets better faster, so you discharge them sooner. And if that is in reality happening, then we would expect that there would be an association between higher utilization and better outcomes. I'll just add one additional thing to what Stephen was talking about. In general, our utilization numbers in terms of number of visits are lower than other reports in the literature, although we certainly don't know and couldn't say from our data what the optimal number of visits are, but perhaps we're starting to get closer to that range with the type of utilization that we've been experiencing, and that may help to explain some of the differences between the relationship of utilization to value in this report versus other reports reports where the overall utilization has tended to be sometimes quite a bit higher. As a follow-up to that question, Julie, do you see the what I would consider low utilization or low average numbers of visits for this patient population? Do you see this as a function of what Intermountain has done specifically? Is it a consequence of CMS policies, a combination? What do you think is the explanation for the actually quite low utilization per patient? 
I think, and and Stephen could probably address this a little bit better. My sense is it's perhaps some of both. We've definitely seen at Intermountain a trend, which I don't think is unique to us, overall towards lower utilization. And some of that has been motivated certainly by our internal desire to be more efficient and efforts we've made towards that end. And some of it is clearly a result of payer policies, whether that's in the form of co-payments from private insurers or Medicare policy and limitations on visits. Stephen, I guess I could comment on Intermountain specifically and maybe address if this is a result of some of the things that we've done at Intermountain as opposed to other factors. I think there is some things within the system that have helped. When we submitted these abstracts a year and a half or two years ago, what we did is we did two abstracts. One was looking at utilization within Medicare, and the other was looking at utilization within a large private payer. And what we wanted to see is, are we treating Medicare patients differently? Do they get different outcomes? Is the utilization different than it is with a private payer? And essentially, we found no difference. So there wasn't the payer system that seemed to affect utilization where we looked more than, well, maybe it is our system. And I don't know if these are unique to Intermountain, but there are a few things that we do that could influence a lower utilization by our therapist. One is we collect the data on every patient, every visit, so we get that feedback. The second is we really look at low utilization and high quality as a very positive thing. So we're telling our therapists what we want is the highest quality at the lowest possible cost. And that is a win-win for the patient, the payer, and really, I believe, a win-win for the provider. Some may disagree with that because you're going to get less income per episode. But overall, as patients are paying more, they're going to start to select providers where they get the best value. So in the long run, I think that's also a win for, for the provider. And so that may be one of the reasons why the utilization is lower. We consider it a good thing. And we give that feedback on a regular basis to our providers to say, this is the utilization based on the outcome. And, you know, it's a good thing. We tell people that's what we want. I think that's a great point, Stephen. I think Intermountain is often quoted in health policy circles. And over the course of this healthcare reform debate that we've been having over the last three years is having the right culture in healthcare of really trying to be the most efficient utilizers at the highest quality of services. And that's been demonstrated and often cited by policy leaders of how Intermountain and other integrated health systems around the country have really tried to hit that sweet spot of utilization and quality. When I read this study, the first thing that came to my mind was Intermountain tends to be extremely efficient when we look at them compared to national data. If we look specifically at the Medicare data, they're utilizing at about 60% of what the average encounter is in Medicare. So it could be a case where Intermountain might be a few more visits and the general population might be a few less and kind of getting between what we're seeing as the average visit at Intermountain and what we're seeing under the general Medicare population. Justin, are we any closer to pay for performance in physical therapy for Medicare patients? You know, I think it's an evolving area for physical therapy, but being able to break it down to certain patient populations, so working on the musculoskeletal area or certain diagnoses inside the musculoskeletal area, we might be further along if we start looking at for whom, for what, and when versus trying to prove it for physical therapy. So physical therapy for low back pain might be closer to pay for performance than physical therapy for an ankle sprain. 
And so what I think you'll see as we evolve in this transition toward quality payments is you'll see physical therapists for certain patient populations to try to maximize that for the right person at the right time with the right diagnosis. And that's how I think we're going to see the quality evolve in physical therapy is really at that patient level. What is the patient's experience with physical therapy and how does that result in certain outcomes? Well, I think this has been a really great discussion. We've hit on a lot of very important issues, and I would like to ask each of you now to provide some summary statements on the paper and what it might mean for the profession. So, Stephen, would you like to start? Sure. I think the one thing that we know for sure is that things will not stay the same. We can't continue with the high costs that we have, and that includes, you know, physical therapy. So we've got changes ahead. The big gap we have within our profession is we just don't have a lot of data that includes outcome or quality and utilization. And I hope that even though this is an observational study, it can help prompt others to look at this and publish more in the area of outcomes and utilization. Secondly, I hope it will also help us to really look at this population, this elderly population, a little closer to find out what's the most effective treatment for these individuals. Because what works for a younger individual may not be appropriate or effective for an older individual. So I hope that this study also prompts others to look at more effective ways of treating the elderly. Thank you, Stephen. Julie, any comments? Yeah, I certainly echo what Stephen just said. I think from the standpoint of someone who works with this information a bit more on the research side, the challenge of trying to enrich our data sources is certainly something that we're focused on because adding in more information to be able to really understand what's going on with these patients is critical. So that's central to our efforts is to try to understand more about the general health status of these patients, their medical costs from a broader perspective, and that this sort of information will hopefully help us really understand the best way to manage these patients. Thank you, Julie. Justin, comments? Yeah, I think this study is exactly what we need to help us address our policy priorities into advanced physical therapy because the key question that policymakers continue to ask is how can we demonstrate our value? How can a dollar invested in physical therapy be the most cost-effective intervention for certain diagnoses? And how can we reduce downstream costs? And so this type of study and looking further at the elements of quality, cost, and how that fits into that value proposition is critical as we begin to try to make the case for physical therapy being a valued part of our healthcare delivery system. Thank you, Justin. And I think this discussion is a really high-level one that speaks to the complexity of health services research generally and the uniqueness of the many, many health systems we have around the country and all the potential factors that influence the care given. And I think the paper is sort of throwing the gauntlet down and saying, in order for us to really understand what kinds of quality and what kinds of services and what kinds of benefits and values physical therapy can provide for Medicare beneficiaries, we clearly need more data. And each of you, I think, you brought such a unique perspective perspective to the discussion that without a clinical research perspective that Julie has and without the administrative and frontline experience that Stephen has and without the big picture policy experience that Justin has, we really would have had gaps in the discussion. So you all three contributed important and critical chunks to this discussion. So thank you to all three of you. Send us your comments or suggestions about this or other PTJ podcasts via email ptj at scienceaudio.net or voicemail 626-593-7825. This has been a production of Science Audio online at www.scienceaudio.net. Thanks for listening.